However, Love it will Talk go into Radio. the comments. It just won't stream live on Blog Talk Radio. But all is a blessing. All is a blessing. Come on in. Welcome. Welcome. Greetings. Da 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 da
Eshu is a respected elder who flogs, confronts, and uncovers fools. That one versed in mysteries uses truth to own you. He causes scatter to feed poverty. Obatala shakes rascals to have sacrifice. The owner of warnings is the one who is Eshu, Aboru, Aboye, Aboshishe, Ashe. May I ever reach a room? May I ever be accepted? May I ever allow what we desire to come to pass? And so we say, Ashe. Ashe, and Ashe. Divine, all blessed peace and love, joy and prosperity, elevation revelations and manifestation you are now sitting live with the divine prince and always in archive at your leisure and convenience pan-african spiritualist practitioner author and advisor elagoon oloye hudu obeya bokur sharing with you in all things spiritual mystical metaphysical cosmic evolutionary revolutionary healing and holistic from a Pan-African hoodoo, world spiritualist perspective. Understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veil, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. It is indeed my constant, my personal and constant prayer It is my mantra. It is my affirmation, my reverberation, and my reiteration. But indeed, it is my ever-living reality, and it is crucial to the very foundation of my inner standing, my inner being, my walk, my work, my demonstration along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the Divine Prince, make sense out of all that we are challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother Father Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding, that place from where I begin, that place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny. And I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality. And so it is. Ashe. Today is Tuesday, July 21st, 2020, and I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum universally, from this working temple of the house of the Divine Prince, Thai Potions, Hoodoo Central, LLC, 
in this legendary, historic, beautiful, and most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this hoodoo obey a life path and journey, passing down the great obvious stick along with the knowledge of the life-giving herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, minerals, concoctions, <laughs> potions, lotions, etc. I indeed am always humbled and honored, appreciative to be a representative for the legacy, the culture and tradition, the history, and of course, our sacred story. And I invite you to visit us at www.OurSacredStories.com for your tour plus experience in this beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana. Indeed, this is my Mecca. Indeed. And I believe for us, those of you who are us, this is indeed our Mecca. This is that sacred space that I talk about every day, the, the necessity for the creation of sacred space, which is critical to all we do, all we are, all we say, all we say we believe and understand, it shows up in your demonstration, in your demonstration as a God, as a goddess, as a mature human being is to create sacred space. It's to create and recreate abundant space. It's to create and recreate healthy space. It's to create and create prosperous space. <laughs> that is our job. That is our call. That is our destiny. That is indeed our purpose. Oh, I know it gets real individualized and it gets real specific, you know, in the what my professors used to call the division of labor. Some of us are musicians, some of us are healers, some of us are artisans, some of us are teachers and master teachers and, and book writers and authors and, and jury makers and, and et cetera. There's a role, there's a place for us in that creation of sacred space. But indeed, understanding the history of New Orleans, indeed, understanding the history of the South, indeed, understanding the history of enslavement in America, in the middle passage and, and all that's attached to it. That one part, that one part that I zero in on is that inability for the African enslaved north of the border, north of the Gulf of Mexico, to gather publicly or even privately to gather. Understand now, we weren't allowed to drum, we weren't allowed to sing, we weren't allowed to chant, we weren't allowed to read. We weren't allowed to gather in Jesus' name. We weren't allowed to go to church. Now, south of the border, Cuba and the Catholic-sized communities had a relationship. And that relationship was, let them have their Yoruba. Let them do that on the weekend, as long as they accept Catholicism, as long as they accept, you know, the, the tenets of that religion. And at first, we weren't even allowed that here at first. And the only place, the only place we were allowed that is Congo Square, right there in my front yard. 
Congo Square, okay, where we were allowed to dance Kalinda, where we were allowed to dance Bambula, where we were allowed to resurrect the vibration of the Congo and the Epe and the Yoruba, Igbo, and the Akan. And I say, I say, I coined it, let it go on record once again, that if we could count in Ewe, if we could count in Igbo, if we could count in Ga, if we could count in Hausa, and indeed we understand those lands, those communities, to be much more multilingual than we are, and particularly we are today. But if they could count in their home tongue, their native tongue, then you're just asking them now, you're just forcing them now to learn to count in Spanish, to learn to count in English, to learn to count in Portuguese, to learn to count in Arab, Arabic. So if we could count, then we don't lose track of our rhythms. We don't lose track of our rhythms if we can count. We don't lose track of our ritual days if we can count. We don't lose track of our processes if we can count. We just now got to tuck it away. And particularly here in this Louisiana and and Mississippi and Alabama and Florida and Georgia and the Carolinas, you, you better not show it. You could be maimed. You could be mutilated. You could be cut up and fed to the pigs. You could be lynched and have your private parts removed and have your hands removed. You indeed would be made an example so that you don't walk away from what we want you to accept. And at first, they didn't want us to accept nothing. At first, they didn't believe we had the capacity to accept, to retain anything. So every time you regurgitate that we lost our gods, we lost our names, we lost who we are, in the context of the Middle Passage, you're regurgitating his story, not our story, not our story. And so we look to Condable in, in Brazil. We look to Maria Leonza in Venezuela. We look to Sanse in Puerto Rico. We look to Lukumi in, in Cuba. Let's look at ourselves now. Let's look at ourselves and understand in the time period in which I'm holding from, 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, commerce, communication, the, the superhighway, if you will, was the Mississippi River. And so along with the movement of jazz, along with the movement of blues, so too we saw the movement of voodoo, hoodoo, root work, conjure, extend well beyond the gates to the city of New Orleans, so well beyond the gates to Congo Square, well beyond our community and our neighborhood. I am grateful for each and every one of you who is actively here to be a part of this show. Thank you so much. I don't want to neglect anyone. I keep saying I'm going to turn this over to Kiona so that I can keep talking uh, without having to also kind of monitor the chat to some degree. But I welcome each and every one of you to be a part of the conversation. I, I believe I gave the announcement. Block Talk Radio is working on the infrastructure, so we're not streaming live on Block Talk Radio. This is going right into archive. 
But I do believe the phone lines are still available at 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143. Remember to press the number one on your telephone keypad. And when I remember to check in, I'll be sure to press and unmute your mic. Greetings, Joy Joy, and bring you indeed into the conversations. Greetings, one Wapani, my beloved baby sister. Welcome to the group. Welcome to the chat. Welcome to the conversation. Now, give me a second here. We're going to talk about Louisiana voodoo. Voodoo, Louisiana. (laughs) Also known as New Orleans voodoo, which describes a set of spiritual beliefs and practices developed from the tradition of the African diaspora in Louisiana. Understanding not only do we have the superhighway uh, of the Mississippi River, but, but, but it, it ends somewhere, right? It terminates somewhere. And so we have this great port, Port of New Orleans, in which we receive a great deal of our goods and supplies into the nation. I, I believe we would be third, if, if not higher, in terms of goods that are coming in off of ships from other countries, from other locales, resources. Indeed, your coffee, all of your Folgers coffees, for my Folgers coffee-loving <laughs> community, it's from Louisiana. It's processed in Louisiana and then packaged and boxed and shipped to you in Louisiana. Just beyond the river there, Algiers, it's a location over there where all you smell is Folgers coffees, one of my favorite locations in the city. So, indeed, we have always been international. We've always been diverse. It's always had a a multitude of of ethnicities and cultures being represented in this New Orleans. Now, you can't always tell when you befriend a local because, indeed, it's a grave taboo to be a transplant in the city of New Orleans. Even today, it, it, it's almost like a curse somehow if I don't know what elementary school you came from, you know, and and I'm concerned about those who are concerned about what elementary school you come from who are now 40, 50, 60. Indeed, what now does that matter? What more does it matter than that which stands up in your blood, stands up in your veins, stands up in your household, stands up in your lineage, and indeed stands up in your experience. It is sometimes referred to Louisiana voodoo as Mississippi Delta voodoo or Mississippi Valley voodoo when referring to the historic popularity and development in the greater Mississippi Valley. And again, the Mississippi River carried the tradition, carried the practice, carried the secrecy, and indeed at some point began to carry some of the lies and the, un- the, lies and the untruths about voodoo into other areas of the country. Much of what we know as Louisiana voodoo is rooted in Dahomean voodoo. Dahomean voodoo. Now, we associate Dahomey with a great deal of traditions in, in Ifa, Fa, 
divination in Yoruba culture, in Fon, in Ebe culture, in Togo and in Benin, we acknowledge Dahomean voodoo. But I often remind you that those earliest ships of death that brought enslaved Africans to Louisiana came specifically from this region. So the voodoo was here long before Haitian Revolution. Those 90 years or so before the Haitian Revolution, voodoo was already here. The Haitian Revolution made it more frightful, if you will. Put yourself in the position of the slave master. Resurrect that 1% of your bloodline. <laughs> Put yourself in the position of the slave master and understand the fear associated with revolution. The Haitian Revolution, which brought the first free nation, if you will, in the Western stratosphere, was this Wakaman, this mysterious voodoo ceremony that led to the Haitian Revolution. So it only fueled fear here in, in, in the South. It only fueled fear in the slave-holding communities about not just us communicating or gathering or drumming and, and being able to communicate at long distances, but indeed the idea that we might organize and rise up and, and kill. Nat Turner offered a very grave demonstration, you know, of revolution in America and, and what that might look like. And, and we know that they killed him and, and many of his, his co-workers cohorts and maybe some who had nothing to do with it at all suffered life, blood, sweat and tears for freedom, for emancipation, for revolution, for healing. So voodoo has always been about healing, lineage, ancestry, family reunion, reuniting our our, our background and our lineages together. But indeed in the new world, voodoo became a very aggressive tool of revolution, of, of standing up against white supremacy, against racism, against all, all the isms and ills that we still continue to face and battle today. Uh, Denise uh, Preston, greetings, beloved. I'm going to bring you in. Excuse me. I'm bringing you in. Welcome. Just give me a, uh, just a minute to let, to continually my foundation. Hi. So Voodoo's uh, liturgical language is Louisiana Creole, because indeed we're talking about a, a culture who spoke French, Spanish. I'm sorry, Spanish, French, Spanish, <laughs> and then back to French again. And so indeed the language that we would investigate, that we would look into for some of the footprint of voodoo would indeed be Louisiana Creole, one of the two main heritage languages, the other being Louisiana French. Now, it became synchronized with Catholicism and Francophone culture of New Orleans as a result of the African cultural oppression in the region as part of the Atlantic slave trade. So, of course, as I said earlier, you became the, the religion, you, be, you followed the God, you acknowledged the rules, 
that Massa wanted you to follow, that your oppressor wanted you to take on. The idea of freedom of choice wasn't even on the radar at the time when, when the roots of voodoo that we know today were being uh, sown, were being seeded here in, 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 in the America. Louisiana voodoo is often confused with Haitian voodoo and deep south hoodoo, which are very distinctly, uniquely different things. But while related to these forms of the religion, New Orleans voodoo, Louisiana voodoo, Mississippi Delta voodoo,